Hi, welcome back to another episode of Book Bestie. My episode with Simeon to discuss the end of history and the last man is postponed because it takes me a ridiculously long time to read nonfiction, so I apologize for that. But today I'm joined by my friend Courtney Fox to discuss my year of rest and relaxation by Odessa Moshveg. Courtney holds a communication studies degree from Christopher Newport University. She works as a human resources officer. Thank Dolores from Munsters Inc., but much, much cuter. She's also incredibly active in the local community theater scene, and most recently she directed a dramatic play titled In the Next Room or The Vibrator Play by Sarah Rohl. Or Rohl. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce her name. Courtney is incredibly kind-hearted and wonderful and sassy and is blessed to be the mom of some weirdo fur babies. She's also the master of posing for pictures, so if you need any advice, she's your girl. For those of you who haven't read the book, here's a little book blurb. Our narrator should be happy, shouldn't she? She's young, thin, pretty, a recent Columbia graduate, works an easy job at a hip art gallery, lives in an apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan paid for, like the rest of her needs, by her inheritance. But there is a dark and vacuous hole in her heart, and it isn't just the loss of her parents or the way her Wall Street boyfriend treats her, or her sadomasochistic relationship with her best friend Riva. It's the year 2000 and a city of glitter with wealth and possibility. What could be so terribly wrong? My year of rest and relaxation is a powerful answer to that question. Through the story of a year spent under the influence of a truly mad combination of drugs designed to heal our heroine from her alienation from this world, Moshveg shows us how reasonable, even necessary, alienation can be. Let's get into it, besties. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Welcome to Book Bestie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, although I did drive to your house, so you're welcome for me being here. You're welcome for me having you. <laughs> welcome to my home. So, um, before we started recording, we both said that uh, we don't all the way remember the book, which is always a good way to start a book club conversation. I think I read it a month ago. Yeah, I definitely read it more recently, but it's still gone from my brain. So everyone listening, we're going to try our damnedest. Maybe more than a month ago, now that I'm thinking about it. I think you had almost finished reading it when you came to my housewarming party, and that was mid-September. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, probably close to Thereabouts. Oh, but it's almost Halloween, so yeah. I don't know. Probably like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, five years ago. I mean, I don't heck, even think let's this just book was published then. round up to 100 years ago. Yeah. It's definitely published then. Okay, so from what you can remember of the book, how did you like it? I thought it was really interesting. I'm not going to say that I loved it, but I did find it very interesting just because of the subject matter. Matter? Subject matter. I can speak, I promise. Um, <laughs> it is the and, morning. This is my first podcast recorded in the morning, oh. so this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Subject. Yeah, matter. the subject matter was interesting, and more so the way she spoke about it was really fascinating. Um, mostly because the main character is wildly arrogant, but also very not confident. She seems really detached from everything, but she does have like a level of arrogance. Yeah. But then, 
She did confuse me because there are times when she, uh, like, she looks at her appearance and she's like, I'm still looking good. But then she's yeah. like, oh, Ching Chi, I don't remember. The artist's name, I can't remember. The one who, like, locked her in the apartment. Yeah. He, like, cut her hair during one of his, like, doing stuff things. And she's like, ah, I guess my hair's cut now. And she, like, doesn't care about it. So it's just very confusing because, like, sometimes she cares how she looks. Sometimes she doesn't care. How, yeah. Maybe it's just, like, the things that her face. I think a lot of it goes back to because she goes through um, how she was brought up mm-hmm. and living with her her mom and everything like that. And I think a lot of it goes back to there because her mom, I think, put a lot of emphasis on appearance. Okay. Um, and I also think these. Sometimes you find that women, when that's something that they are um, praised for their entire lives, that's always something that's just like in their in their head. Like at least I still look good. It, it reminds me of um, my coworker that I had years and years and years ago, and she told me that her mother told her that she should always stay in shape and looking beautiful so that her husband's eye wouldn't wander. That's tragic. It is. She also used to. Um, she had two daughters and she would eat like 200 calories for breakfast and then 200 calories for lunch. And she'd be like, I should be good for the rest of the day. And I'd be like, no baby, no. 400 calories yeah. for the whole day. So I think it's just something that like gets ingrained in us. Yeah. Especially as women, on. like body image is huge. Yeah. So that's the first thing you go and, and, and look for. So do you think like the times when she's like, uh, he cut my hair or like, uh, I don't, I don't care how I look. That's her like rebel rebelling against that whatever that her mom implanted into possibly so like deep down she does care but she's like i don't care yeah Yeah. well and so i feel like we haven't even gone over like the overview of the book but like reva her her quote-unquote best friend Mm -hmm. because she always criticizes her for how um self-centered and vapid she is and how she's so concerned with how she looks um but she also does the same thing yeah she just does it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because Riva is constantly working to improve her appearance and she's so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas she's just naturally beautiful. Because, I mean, she's waking up from, like, these three-day blackouts mm-hmm. having done nothing. Yeah. And just is like, oh, yeah, I still look good. Yeah. She's still skinny. She's still, like, there's a huge emphasis on how skinny she is. Yeah, yeah. Especially from Riva's perspective. But Well, I think, I mean... Most women, most of the time, are like, oh, I want to be skinny and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the 90s, body image, like, being stick thin was a huge thing. Like, yes. now, like, having curves, like... is It's in. Yeah. Like, but yeah. your waist should be snatched, but you gotta have... Like, Early 2000s, that... you remember the all the magazines that... All of those... Um, like pop stars that were on and, and movie stars that were on magazines in the early 2000s were stick thin. Mm-hmm. And like um, Jessica, Jessica Simpson, who's just naturally curvy, was criticized for being overweight. Yeah. And she was probably like a size four. I remember Hilary Duff, like she had an interview where she, like people were giving her shit about how fat she was because her sister was skinnier than her. Yeah. And she was still like a teen, like she still had baby fat. Yeah, she was a. But then she, like, dropped so much weight, and then everybody was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with Hillary Duff? 
Yeah. Do you remember that? Ping Shi. That's Ping? his name. Yeah, okay. I had to look it up. I was like, what, did, what is his name? Which I have a whole... He's... Um, Courtney has two dogs and a cat, so if you can hear this, the dogs are fighting in the background. <laughs> oh, but then they got in trouble, so now they said, oh, no. <laughs> um, should we do an overview of what it's about? So usually before, like in my intro, I do... Like what I gotcha. sent you, and then I do a quick overview of the book. Okay. But if you want to, oh, from memory, just, <laughs> from memory, talk yeah, about just what it's say about. what the book is. I mean, the quickest overview is that it's about a woman who is clearly very, very, very depressed, but won't acknowledge that she's very, very, very depressed, and all she wants to do is sleep, and she thinks if she sleeps for an entire year, then she will magically get enough rest because she's never ever had enough rest my house just beeps sometimes whoa yeah is it sentient your house yes it's alive smart house yes there's a movie about this yeah it's terrifying yeah <laughs> is that the disney channel original yeah yes yeah. smart house <laughs> um it's a terrifying movie but she thinks if she can get enough rest suddenly her life will be um complete and she accomplishes this by taking a variety of drugs and alcohol to assist her in that and um weirdly at the end she actually does feel like it made her life better and i was expecting some grand revelation that hey you just kind of have to get out there and like deal with your shit but no at the end of the book i was like should i do this should i quit my job honestly (laughs) (laughs) there was a part of me i was like because I feel like I never get enough sleep ever, and I'm always tired. Now, I don't sleep as easily as she does, because she can just sleep anywhere mm-hmm. all the time, and she has no problem falling asleep. Well, until she, like, basically got her body accustomed to all of those different drugs she was taking. Yeah, like 20 different drugs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was part of me that was like, maybe that's what I need to do, is just shut off from the world for a year. And It sounds so nice. Like, how yeah. she went about it definitely seems unhealthy because, like, towards the end, like, right before she did her four-month yeah. thing where she, like, got locked into her apartment, um, she was like, if I take... I really, I can't remember any of the drugs. That's <laughs> Luke, Luke is thirsty. <laughs> he does have, like, a really aggressive water drinking. <laughs> yeah, and he has to, like, drink all of it at once. Yeah. He's not I mean, how else are you going to get hydrated? Yeah. Oh, now he's licking his bowl. Because there's flavor molecules in there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, good job, bud. He did this the same exact thing like a few minutes before we were recording too. So this is like his tick. He like has to come yeah. drink water and then lick his food bowl. Yeah. I love that. You have such a good person. When Charlie finishes her food, he'll lick her bowl too. So Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, but there was a point where she was like, if I, if I take drug one with drug four, then I can take drug two right after that. And then, and then drug three will help me when I wake up or like, yeah. I don't know. She Talk had like about a whole... this like serious version of girl math that she was doing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she, yeah, she had like a system in her head. She couldn't remember anything else, but she yeah. had a system in her head of which drugs to take with what to get the best sleep. It was wild. Yeah. But it's, like, the fact that she had to, like, keep changing it up. I don't know. Yeah, because her body was becoming accustomed to it. Yeah, like, I guess. It, it yeah, started it with just, tolerance. like, one pill, and it's fine. Yeah. And then 
which I hate taking pills. Like, mm-hmm. I won't take painkillers um, unless I've been in pain for, like, hours. Yeah. Um, I got in a car accident and I took one muscle relaxer and I slept for basically 12 hours and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Didn't take them after that. <laughs> that was too much rest. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Um, and so like the thought of that is just horrifying to me, but yeah, she just kept adding more and more and more and like, and her doctor kept prescribing. Her doctor is the, like the true villain here because she's just the most incompetent or incompetent um, psychiatrist on the planet. But there's like a part of me that's like, is she dumb or does she realize like? Does she actually know what's going on? Well, not not like I don't I don't think anybody could have predicted like she's trying to sleep all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like I don't know like the you can. People can go to a doctor and be like, I have ADHD, I can't concentrate on anything. And for the most part, it's pretty easy to get Adderall. Or, like, you can go to a doctor and be like, that's that's what I hear on the streets. Okay, because I, well, you actually have ADHD, so. But they're, like, I guess I'm just thinking, I never took Adderall or Ritalin or anything during college to like get through things but like that was people did that yeah like you could just find which I have a horrible time focusing so maybe I should have done that but way to go you could have been president by now yeah I could be I I could be doing so many more things if I just took drugs illegally yeah what's wrong with exactly but she doesn't do drugs illegally no I do not for the record (laughs) um I lost it. It's coming back. Oh, so like maybe just in her mind, the doctor is like, she's, she's probably going to find a way to find these drugs. Like, I don't care. Like it's her body. She can do whatever. But then there is a part of me where she's like, oh, you really aren't sleeping now. Well, that's because of this. So let me prescribe you something else that will help with the side effects of that. So she was, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about her. Well, I think personally in this country we rely way too much on medications for things in all manner of speaking but at a certain point I feel like you'd look at somebody that you're treating and be like none of this is working maybe we need to Mm reevaluate especially because it was like months and like yeah I guess it was like eight months where she was like constantly going to her because the four month like yeah she stopped going yeah um but Yeah, it's wild. And then just, like, all the samples she was giving her, like, oh, take a sample of this, take a sample of that. Yeah. The fact, too, that, like, there had to be a pharmaceutical rep who was going and talking to this woman and being like, this seems like a lady who needs samples. Because yeah. she had endless samples. Yeah. That was Which wild. Is wild. Yeah. Um, I also like that she specifically chose a, pharm- a pharmacy where she knew people didn't care. Yeah. She was like, so they had no qualms about just being like, yeah, here you go. They mm-hmm. literally don't care about their job at all. Yeah. Like, so if she'd gone to like, uh, where she went to like a Rite Aid or something like that. I don't know. I it was like a, 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 <laughs> a lower level. It, it wasn't a CVS is what I'm right. saying. Yeah. 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 Um, CVS but yeah, she went to, to, it wasn't a pharmacy in a hospital or anything like that. Like she specifically went to a pharmacy where she knew people didn't care what mm-hmm. she was doing. And that was like the only thing she did that was out of her way. Like everything yeah. else she tried to, to keep. <laughs> oh 
Luke, you silly. Everything she tried to, like the bodega, like anytime she was getting food, she was getting it from the bodega and the bodega was like just around the corner. But yeah. the CVS, she was going out of her way to see somebody yeah. who wouldn't judge her. Which I get that because I base everything I do on the proximity to my house. That's fair. I go to the closest place because I just don't want to drive far away. Do you think that's mostly because of traffic? Like, she's walking everywhere. Yeah. So, like, you're dealing with traffic. I think hers is more like a... She doesn't... No, I guess it is like a convenience thing. Well, she doesn't want to be awake. So, she literally (laughs) just goes to the easiest. And so, and for the record, this is taking place in um, the year 2000. Like 1999 to 2000, so there was no Uber Eats or DoorDash. No, I think it was 2000 into... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was 2000 into 2001. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Which is actually... So the whole time, like, knowing what the timeline was, the whole time I was thinking this was going to be a book about 9-11. Which they mention at the end, but it's definitely not the... No, it's just like, a, oh, by the way, there was a terrorist attack, and I think the well, lady who jumped out of the building was probably Reva. When she said, like, I'm getting transferred, because Reva this whole time has been dating her boss, mm-hmm. and come on, <laughs> you gotta move. <laughs> like, Miss Nix wanted to be on the podcast. I'm sorry, who? I said Miss... Oh, Nix. Oh, no, yeah. Miss B. Wrong cat. <laughs> I've gone from calling her Mrs. Binks... To now Miss Nix. Uh, Amanda, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Courtney, I'm sorry. Miss Binks. Your ex-wife. My ex-wife. She wanted to be on the podcast. Literally on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have this whole buildup and like she's telling us specifically the timeline and we're getting yeah. closer and closer and closer to 9-11. And then she makes a point of saying her ex-boyfriend, I think, um, works. works in the Twin Towers. Yeah. And then Reva's having this affair with her boss, and he decides to end it. And they're like, ooh, you're getting a fancy promotion. Mm-hmm. Which, it is a promotion, but she gets moved to the Twin Towers. And I was like, oh, this is going to have a huge impact. Yeah. But it's, that's what I was like. She's so self-absorbed that her, for all intents and purposes, best friend, the only person who cared enough to actually check on her mm-hmm. for all selfish reasons that she had... Um, her best friend died in a terrorist attack, and she's just like, yeah, I was watching it, and uh, there's a woman who jumped out of the window. I think it was Reva. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's all you hear about. And she went out and bought a VCR so she could record that. That's, yeah. That was something that I didn't remember from the end of the book, but that Wikipedia reminded me of when I was driving over here. One thing I didn't understand, so you said the VCR and it triggered my memory. You were triggered. (laughs) My memory was triggered. Right, right. The obsession with Whoopi Goldberg. It was very random. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I love love Sister Act. Yeah, no, but she was obsessed with Whoopi Goldberg. And And she was like, what what would Whoopi say about this thing? I don't remember specific examples. But yeah, she was definitely obsessed. Well, so one thing that I hate in books and I, I think it's more so like books from that are set in present day is references to pop culture I don't know why you don't know it. why you hate it oh. I don't know why I hate it but I hate it but I think it's because like when I'm reading it now and it takes place in the present 
I'm just like, well, who, who's even going to remember what that's even about? So granted, this was written in, I want to say 2018, 19. It was definitely pretty recent yeah hey that's where my bookmark is (laughs) but i guess because it was written you know essentially 20 years after it takes place 2018 yeah okay um she knew people would still know who like Whoopi goldberg was and all the movie references she's making um so i do think a lot of the time when authors make pop culture references it's to like authenticate the time frame so it's like yeah yeah, i went to see this in the movie theater because that's what was playing that year and it's it like i think it's kind of just a cheap way to to build the setting of the book fair but i don't think that's exactly what she was doing with whoopi like i think there had to have been yeah and i don't know what her connection to whoopi was because they're wildly different and wildly like from different I guess upbringings and social statures and everything like that so I didn't fully understand maybe her obsession with Whoopi is so uh Whoopi is an actress who I from my memory like in the media has been called like ugly and like really offensive things so i wonder if maybe her obsession with Whoopi is like this woman is able to be successful and like do this thing that she loves but she's not objectively pretty perhaps perhaps she is talented though oh yeah but i and that's what bless you was that a sneeze yeah that was a sneeze her mouth was open i thought it was a cough and you got a little gunk on your nose Oh my gosh, you're falling apart. She is. Miss Binks. She's old. But the... I did notice she has an obsession with comedy as well, even though she doesn't seem like a particularly humorous person. The sounds these guys make. Chaos. <laughs> That's Chaos. What's happening? Little tippy taps. Get her. Oh no. Oh, she's going to get him. Now the cat... Miss Miss Binks? Yes. Not Nick's. No. They're totally different cats. They are. <laughs> now Miss Binks and Luke are about to fight. Why are oh. you sneezing so much? She's allergic to his bullshit. <clears throat> oh, she's gonna, right, she's gonna get you. Why don't you lay down, bud? She's gonna get you. Lay down. I love you. I do. Do you think it says something that, like, she was constantly watching VHSs, and VHSs, like, over and over and over again? Yeah, and she refused to get a DVD player. Well, her boyfriend got her, or her whatever, got yeah. her the DVD player when her VCR broke. He was like, I'm not buying you a VCR, I'm buying you this DVD yeah. player. But she refused to get any DVDs. So, like, do you think that, do you think that represents something about her? That's a, so it... She clearly has this kind of I'm better than everyone mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. And you know how sometimes people get in the like that like, oh, I don't listen to CDs. I only listen to like records. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the easy like cheap answer is that it's a but also I she clearly did not have a good childhood like when she talks about her upbringing. Yeah. She had a horrible childhood. So maybe that's just her last like clinging on to the past one good thing from her childhood that she enjoyed but like at that time dvd players were new like that they were brand new yeah so she wasn't like i don't know that she was really i mean i guess because she was refusing to like move into 
new present day things. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, she was just holding on to the past. But she was also like not happy with her past. No, it's it's weird. So I'm wondering if like maybe the movies are like her one comforting thing from her past that she oh, can I like see. cling to. Okay. Because, you know, she talks about the house that she goes to visit and she doesn't want anything to do with the house. She wants to just like sell it. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, she doesn't want to sell it. There was like a point where she was like, I don't want to sell it, but I'm not going to go back there. Yeah, she wanted to but avoid it. But then at it. the end, she was like, all right, we'll sell it. Yeah. I forgot what you were saying. I got really distracted. I think it's just the one comforting thing from her past. Because okay. clearly she's... Oh my god. My mother is sending me a million text messages. Mom, we're recording a podcast. God. Over there. <sighs> um, but <laughs> she... Um, like, looking at her past and then looking at her relationship with... I can't even remember his name. I'm going to have to look that up too. Um... Her, I I keep calling him a boyfriend, but he's clearly not her boyfriend. Dated and then they didn't date and then yeah, and like that relationship was incredibly abusive, and she never acknowledged that that was an abusive relationship. Well, so he treated her poorly, but also like when she was trying to get him to come and like hook up with her, she was like, "If you don't come right now, I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah. So like both of them were very. Trevor? Trevor's. Trevor, yep. Um, Both of them were, like, toxic. She invited the abusive behavior and then felt bad about it Mm -hmm. when he left. So, I... And maybe that feeds into the... Again, she's clearly very depressed and won't acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, she just keeps inviting negative behavior from people. And then she's just stuck in this like abuse cycle where she's like, Hey, come abuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm sad that you're gone. Yeah. I think for all of like her detachment and her like persona of like, I don't care about anything. She does have the things that she's like, she's attached to her VCR. She's really mm-hmm. upset when her VCR breaks. She's attra- attached to Trevor. She's attached to Reva. Like those are in th- the house. Like she doesn't want to go to the house, but she doesn't want to sell the house. She doesn't want to let the house go initially. So she does hold on to things. So I, I guess maybe it goes back to like, she doesn't care about her appearance or she claims to not care about her appearance, but just for the sake of like, if I don't care about my appearance, then maybe I'll stop caring about my appearance. If I don't feel, if I force myself not to feel attached to things, maybe I'll stop feeling attached to mm-hmm. things. And I think maybe she, like, ultimately does achieve that. Like, when she does her four months where she gets locked in to her apartment. It's just so wild to me. It sounds so nice. <laughs> you wake up every th- three days, eat just a slice a or two snack. of pizza. Yeah. And, like, then go back to sleep. Oh, gosh. That's the dream. I think mine would be, like, mac and cheese. I don't think pizza would be mine. That's fair. Or, yeah. I mean, she could have switched it up, and she never switched it up. She's very much a creature of habit. She doesn't, like... She is. She doesn't need any variety in her life because she would go to, you said the bodega, get the same crappy coffee. She was obsessed with crappy coffee too. Like she, didn't she always got good two cups. Yeah. She got one for the one to chug, yeah, and then one to sip, yeah, which is wild. Um, would never chug coffee. No, Ugh. I have, and I hate it. It's gross. Um, it's just so. Hot. It had to have been hot. Yeah, and I can't drink scalding hot beverages <laughs> which you shouldn't no because it's bad for your body yeah go um, ahead creature of habit 
yeah. coffee. Same coffee. She got the same food from the bodega. Um, and then, like, she just, what, ate pizza and drank ginger ale for four months. Every three days. That's the life. Oh. And then, like, maybe some water. I think she would chug a bottle of water, too. I think he brought, like, fruits maybe, like, a couple of times. Maybe. And she was like, oh, that was nice. But how wild... First of all, she clearly didn't like Ping Shi because she was... I don't even want to talk about his art exhibit that he did. Um, but she trusted him enough to lock her in her room, or lock her in her apartment, and then trusted him enough to actually come back and take care of her. But I think she knew because he was obsessed with art and making things that like weirded people out, Yeah, that he would come back for that purpose. Not because he cared about her or anything, but because he cared about his art and being edgy and everything like that. So he would. she knew he would come back, but th- that's... A recipe for somebody could just abandon you and you would just die. Yeah. I mean, there was, a, like, when she was going into it, she was like, something could happen to him. He could, like, get arrested or, like, yeah. get hit by a taxi or, and then I'm just, like, locked in here. Because she was locked in from the outside. Like, she had changed the lock so that he could lock it from the outside yeah. and not... She and she had no phone, it. no computer, yeah. nothing. I... So... Having this conversation with you, I'm realizing that maybe her perspective, like what she was telling us, wasn't exactly genuine. So she was like, ugh, I hate Ping Chi. His art is, it's not even art. It's just like novelty. So like maybe she actually was fascinated by, because like when she had her first blackout, I don't remember the drug that she was taking that was making her blackout for the three days. It started with, was it, no, it wasn't fentanyl. Was it fentanyl? No, it was one that I hadn't heard of. I, not that I feel I've... like it starts with an F, though. Um, I'm trying to see if I can quickly find it. It's not going well. But, excuse me. Oh, no, another one. Excuse <laughs> me again. Um, she, she, like, when her first blackout, she found Polaroid pictures, and she was like, what the, what yeah. was I doing? And then she realized that she was hanging out with, with Ping Chi. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe she did actually like him, but she didn't want to admit that to herself. Like, that was... Possibly. It was just, like, another layer of her presenting something and then not being genuine about it. Well, and so, I I, I hate this, but I, I have to talk about it. The original art exhibit that makes her kind of start talking about how she hates him is um, he is... What does he say? Freezing dogs yeah. so that they die and then, like... Then he taxidermies them. Yeah, they die humanely because, like, their body starts... Yeah, freeze to death. Yeah. And then um, taxidermies them and puts them on display. And what did she talk about? She peed on one of them? That they had, like, lasers or something, right? Wasn't there something else that he, like, installed in them? Yeah. But, yeah, she... But I don't don't want to go to a museum and see dead dogs. But they, like, people were fascinated by it. And then that's that gets you into that like highbrow art community <laughs> yeah. where people just want to do the edgiest thing possible um, to make themselves stand out and and look kind of like a visionary. And listen, I'm all for art, but sometimes. Sometimes it's too much. <laughs> Sometimes it like doesn't. I was actually I watched a TikTok this morning. This guy's hilarious. I can't think of his name right now, 
But um, he was like, let's play a game. I'm going to show you a piece of art and you guess how much it sells for. And all of the things that he showed, like one of them was just a canvas with like one... It was completely like dark blue and then there was like one light blue stripe in the middle. That was yeah. the whole thing and it was like a $30 million painting. Which is wild. Yeah. We were painting in the garage one time and Tyler came out and just grabbed a brush and like slung a bunch of paint on a canvas and he goes, I feel like I could hang this in an art museum. I was like, honestly, you probably could. You could, yeah, if you were like, uh, I, I don't know, like just make up an artist's name if you were like so-and-so painted this and my grandma had it in her garage yeah. and like you could you could probably trick people into believing it which Meanwhile, is like insane like how do you I paint these lovely things and they're just on display in my kitchen i think they are lovely you painted you painted the plants too i did yeah and the pot i actually did paint those two pots you can tell i like them i like how shimmery they are oh yeah i was sick never mind Go for it. I don't know how to form the thought. It was trying to make a joke, but you were like these things that were hanging on the wall, but you like painted the pot into existence is what I was going Oh yeah, no, that's just a really great 3D rendering of shelves. All right. And the Swiffer's part of it. Yeah. 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 The Swiffer's just sitting there. I feel like I have so many funny thoughts in my head, but then when I try to articulate (laughs) them, they just stop being funny. I just wish I could transfer the jokes you know, like wirelessly, Bluetooth you, my jokes. I can't find the name of this drug. I think I'm just like flipping through the pages, not actually even authentically looking for it. Infiteramol? That sounds right. Infermiterol? It's got... Infermiterol. Infermiterol. That's what it was. It does have an F in it, but it doesn't start with an F, so I was... I'll say I was... Partially right. You were closer than I was. I've just been calling them drug one and drug two. That's fine. Yeah. Do you think? Um, <clears throat> do you think then that like when she's under infiteral infiter that one when she's under the effects of that she like goes into her blackouts that that's when she's being like her most authentic self. Probably because she's completely uninhibited, but then she doesn't even remember what she did. Yeah. Because, um, like, she, when she's under infirmiterol. There you go. You got it. She wakes up and she's on the train to Reva's mom's which, funeral. Which she's she like, wasn't, I'm, I'm, gonna go. I'm literally not doing yeah. that. No. And then she was doing it. Yeah. So, like. So, maybe, like, deep down. I, I think deep down she did care about Reva. Yeah. She just didn't want to admit that she cared about Reva. Yeah. Um, But, also, my God. When Reva comes to her and she's like. My mom died, and she's all sad. <laughs> she's just like, cool, sit on my couch and watch a movie with me. Also, I'm going to pretend to fall asleep. The one time she doesn't actually fall asleep. Yeah, because she I'm going to pretend to fall asleep so that you don't try to make any connection with me whatsoever. Or, like, any time that she, Reva tells her, like, oh, this is happening with my mom, she's like, I, I don't... Yeah. I my don't dad to... died, my mom died. Like, you can't top this, Reva. That's yeah. what it seemed like. It was like, I can't be bothered by your peasant problems. Yes. Yeah. I've already been there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so sad. But, yeah, I feel like like she maybe did like Ping Chi, so then she went and hung out with him when she was under infirmiterol. 
Yeah? Yep, Inframineral. You got it. Eventually, I'm just going to be able to say it like it's not even a thing. Yeah. Probably not. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't remember all the other... Oh, she, like, went out and got, like, a, a really fun outfit. Like, yeah. Like, she... And, like, got her nails done and her hair done. And, like, it was all the things that she was avoiding doing. Like, showering and washing her hair and everything she did when she was under. Yeah. So, all of her, like, self-care things. Mm-hmm. All the things that her body probably wanted her to do and maybe subconsciously or like soul brain whatever wanted her to do yeah so do you think like having i do want to come back to reva and like visiting her house but still on the in for it's getting better every time it's so easy wow (laughs) i can pronounce things um here we go I lost it. I got so excited about being out. Oh, do you think, like, having done the four-month stint, she, like, breaks down that inhibition? Like, that's why she's so happy at the end of the... Or not happy, but just, like, at peace, I guess, at the end of the book because she's broken down all of her inhibitions by being under infermiteral for so long. Yeah, and so she kind of got that all out of her system without having to actually face it. It's cheating, really. It is cheating. But yeah, so she she never had to like actively face any of her demons. Yeah. But the, the drugs did that for her. It would be so... I don't think it should happen because I think it would spoil it, but it would be nice if the author could give us like a... Not a sequel, but like a spinoff sort of where we're only seeing the parts when she's under the infermiteral. Like to see what Ping-Chi is doing to her. Like while yeah. she's... Which because his art exhibit at the end ended up being just like... It was like four... Yeah, like four portraits. Yeah. And they were like a weird fishbowl lens, I think she said. Let's find out. And, but yeah, like no videos or anything like that which was wild because i think he had set up like she saw where a a tripod had been set up or something so he was recording her but i guess that wasn't and maybe what she was doing was actually very boring because she's in a house with literally nothing although he did at one point lock her bedroom like she she had her stuff set up i think in the bedroom like her mattress pad or whatever Mm -hmm. and then at one point she's been moved to the living room and the bedroom's locked so like there had to have been something going on in there that was maybe interesting perhaps yeah. but well and so again all of her inhibitions are down so she's talking about when she tried to like lock up her phone and her computer because she was taking very close-up nudes and sending them to random people on the internet <laughs> like she was like i found a picture of my butthole that i sent to somebody and i was like oh my god i and so that's why she started like locking up her um her phone and her laptop but she'd still find it yeah reva came over and she was like did you know your phone's in a tupperware container in the bathtub she's like yeah that's where i left it i forgot that she sent pictures while she was under so and then the other thing the way she criticized reva's drinking She's like, Reva's a drunk. Reva, like, gets drunk all the time. She's such a, like, lush. She drinks all the time. It's so sad to watch. Yeah. And like then she she's, have... like, just housing pills constantly. Yeah. yeah, literally everything she blamed Reva for, she was doing the exact same thing. <sighs> Reva's such an interesting character. She gets on my nerves so much. 
Well, and so, yes, but also remember we're looking at her through the perspective of our main character, who, by the way, doesn't have a name. Yeah. Well, she has a name, but we don't know what it is. I did not realize that until, like, the questions that I sent you. I was like, oh my god, did I just totally forget her name? No, we don't We never got her a name. name, no. Do you think it's because she, like, the author was making her so self-absorbed that... that she just assumed everybody knew who she was? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm just... You know who I am. But I, like... Just reading the... I wasn't like, oh, what is her name again? Like, there was no part of me that would... Like, I, I guess I, it worked because I was just like, yeah, of course I know who this is. I was at the end because in my head I was, like, planning all the things that I would say because I didn't realize it would be so so late that we got to this. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I talk about this and this and this. And I was trying to, like, what is her name? I don't know. I had to Google it. I had to be like, what's the main character's name of this book? And the internet was like, we don't know. And I was like, oh, good. I didn't forget it's not it. just me. <laughs> um, so we find out when Unnamed goes to Reva's mother's... First of all, how she behaves at Reva's house... Oh, my was God. ...was insane. I would never. She, like, she wouldn't say hi to anybody. No. She was like, I need to take a nap. Um, I just traveled here from New York, which is only, like, an hour Yeah, or it's not far. Um, and she, she just goes and hangs out in her bedroom and then judges her room. And her sheets. She's like, these sheets are the most uncomfortable thing. They're pilling and like, yeah, my delicate skin can't handle this. But I, okay. First, the fact that Reva used to be like a goth or like emo or like whatever she was in high school. And then she goes to college and she's like, so conformist. Yeah. I just don't, I don't even, like, I wonder if Reva was just sick of not fitting in, so she was like, I'm going to do the most I can Possibly, to fit in. because she's so obsessed with being she's, liked and, yeah. and being, like, in on whatever the, like, latest trend is. Mm-hmm. And, like, being normal. Yeah. Like, fitting in. Yeah. But I, it's just, like, a wild transition, and it, it makes me want to like Reva more, because, like, there's clearly more going on that yeah. she's just really annoying. Yeah. Because even, like, we are seeing Reva through the lens of the main character, but just, like, how, assuming that it's, like, a, like, a play-by-play of, like, Reva came in, Reva's drinking, Reva's talking about her mom, Reva's talking about her boyfriend who is married, I would probably be annoyed with that. Like, if somebody just showed up to my house and was just, like, laying stuff on me. That's fair. But she is concerned about the main character. And she, like, yeah. to an extent, um, and, like, tries to talk to her about her life and what she's doing. Yeah. But she won't accept it, and she won't actually talk about it. I so, I kind of wonder, though, like, because Reva doesn't have other friends. No. So I don't know that she actually does care about the main character. I think it's more just, like, how do I maintain this friendship? Because otherwise, I'm totally alone. Yeah, the only person she has is her... M- married boyfriend yeah who then dumps her by the end of the book yeah i yeah i i don't know that after going to her mother's funeral also that with his wife with his wife that was crazy the whole the whole funeral situation the entire thing was just 
Well, confusing. that and like she shows up in this weird outfit and she's like, I can't wear this to a funeral. So Reva's like, oh, you can probably wear something of my mom's who just died. I don't want to go in her room. Can you go find something? And she's like, no, I need to sleep. I'm too tired. And so she makes Reva go into her dead mother's room and pick out clothes for her, even though she's clearly having a breakdown. And then uh, Reva like brings her options too. Like, I don't yeah. know what you want to wear. So like here, here are options for you. And she's, like, frustrated that she has options. Don't want to make a decision. Yeah. I... That was wild. And then just, like, the whole... The family, like, how the family was... I don't, it, just, like, bothered me that they were just all just there. Yeah. Like, existing. And she's just... Wandering through. Yeah. Like, barely. Like, she she just, like, separate. I don't yeah. Know. That was so wild. And then, and then Reva, no, then the main character is like, well, I got to get going. And Reva's like, I'll just drive you. And then they just drive all the way back yeah. to the city. Cause she's like, I can't be with my family anymore. <laughs> the whole Which, thing. She's also Jewish, right? So there's like there a whole things, like yeah. Shiva that they have to do. Yeah. Or sit. They have to sit there Shiva. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, sitting Shiva. Um, I don't know. So, and that's like a seven-day commitment. And she just bails on that to but take the main character back. It's seven days from the time that they died, though, right? Oh, okay. So, like, maybe they were close to the end of it. Perhaps. I don't know. But it, but it's also weird because, like, Reva is Jewish. That comes up a few times. But then she also loves Christmas. So, like, maybe, maybe she, because she doesn't want to be unlikable she'll just i'm gonna be as accommodating as possible to my friend and i'm gonna celebrate christmas because that's what most of america does it's that yeah the fitting in thing yeah especially like they live in new york city new york city at christmas time is just all christmas it's everywhere but it's also so pretty i love it well you love christmas i love christmas (laughs) (laughs) which is also wild because think about like the jewish population in new york city too that's true. But it's yeah. still so Christmas centric. It's weird. Well, I'm but also New York City is like hella commercialized. Yeah. That's fair. And Christmas is a big sell in retail. So that does make sense. But I didn't even think about yeah, like there's a pretty significant Jewish population mm-hmm. in New York City. Wow. <laughs> you're really opening my eyes. Am I? <laughs> yeah. You're wonderful. Um thank you. So do you think, all right, I'm going back to the uh, September 11th terrorist attacks. So do you think that the author intentionally put the terrorist attacks at the end of the book because she knew, like, the reader, like, Was expecting it? Yeah, like, she doesn't even know what could happen because it's coming. She thinks, like, everything's horrible now, but just wait. Do you think that was intentional or do you think it's like to trick the reader? Like, haha, you think it's going to be about September 11th, but it's not. I still can't figure out the point in that other than really nailing home how self-absorbed she is. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, Trevor didn't go to work that day, so he's still alive. He's fine. He was on his honeymoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he ended up marrying that that one chick, um, even though he came over and... Blinked her. While she was sleeping. Like, dude. She, one of the things she said was like, he loves when, uh, when I'm giving him a blowjob, but I'm asleep and I wake up to, 
to him doing that and him choking yeah. on him. Like, that's that, rape. That's literally rape. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. She invites the abuse and then, like, kind of feels bad about it, but then invites more. I think she keeps... Well, like, she feels bad when he is like, I don't want to be with you anymore, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think she feels bad about the abuse. She's just like, oh, this, we're doing this again. I guess I got to pretend to be yeah. asleep. It, no, it was wild. But, yeah, so the, the September 11th sorry, thing. Sorry. No, when she um is talking about it, and it's just so nonchalant. So I think it might be just to nail home that, yeah, she did go through this whole, like, four-month sleeping experiment, but she's still the same person. She just feels a little bit better about it. So I get that for, like, the ending, but just, like, the fact this book wasn't about September 11th. No. But it was clearly, yeah, like, I I don't know, I just, I guess it, like, bothers me. Saying the dates, like, we're leading up to it, we're leading up to it. Yeah. That, that gave me stress. I was like, any day now. Although, like, we know that the book is my year of rest and relaxation. So, like, the year that she's taking off from life is going to be a year long and we know that it starts you see how I did that math there look at that um we know that it starts in like May ish right so like obviously September is after May yes I think it's or maybe she ends she wakes up from her experiment in June okay so it's but it's June so she starts so June she minus quits four months is her, what, February? Well, four months was when she... Did the experiment. Yeah. Of, yeah. But she got fired slash sort of quit. No, she got fired. But then she yeah. peed on the animals. <laughs> but that started in like June-ish. Yeah, I, I think, think it was, was like summer. Summer of 2000. I don't know. I guess it just like bothered me like how close we were to September 11th and then that wasn't the point of the book. Not at all. It was like the she last really didn't page even care about it. It's just like, oh. And there were like random mentions of the World Trade Center. I was like, this is it. We're just building up yeah. to the terrorist attacks. Do you think actually maybe it's like So like you were saying like at the end of her 4-month stint, you were expecting it to be like oh, this actually wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, a huge revelation, yeah. yeah. So maybe, like, the author was building up this anticipation, like, oh, we're, we're leading into this, like, huge monumental thing that's, mm-hmm. like, still sort of affecting people in America. Oh, it's actually, like, a letdown. Because we're not, not... Not the terrorist attacks aren't a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was... Okay. A <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, there, there was this, like... Yeah, cause like you didn't you didn't get anything. There from wasn't that a final up. resolution. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the the weirdest thing about it is there's no final resolution to this. Yeah. And maybe that just means people don't actually change. People Lots just stay the same. Isn't it? <laughs> Makes me want to take a year long nap. That's what that works. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> no, cause I I get the I absolutely get the urge to do so. And to just sleep away because I have a tendency to overschedule myself. You do the same thing. Yeah. And to just like give up everything and sleep for a year. I, 
I find it really frustrating because there are days when I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to go to bed. And then I'll get to be like 10 p.m. and I'll be like, oh, this is so much fun watching this TV show, reading this book. Yeah. (laughs) Then I look up and it's like 1 a.m. and I'm like, I'm only going to get six and a half hours of sleep and we're back at it. My fault. Yeah. Nobody else's. Drives me insane. I was seeing if I had any any more questions Questions that that I thought of before if my voice sounds really loud it's because i'm closer to my phone Hmm. Hmm. no i think well so okay so we sort of touched on this this is a long question that i thought of i'm glad that i wrote these questions right after i read the book versus like (laughs) let me think yesterday yeah All right, so I'm just going to read off what I wrote because I really don't remember what I wrote. So the main character seems to try to contrast herself with Riva often. Most notably, she claims to give less throughout, no, less thought to her appearance. Yet every time she gains consciousness, she notes her appearance and how she remains pretty. At one point, Riva says that she would be more outwardly concerned with her appearance if she weren't so naturally pretty. Do you agree? I don't, so what I do want to, what I did remember about this question. So one of the bodega clerks, when she goes into the bodega with Riva is like, oh, are you guys sisters? And I like, there is a thing where like people are like, oh my gosh, are you guys sisters? And it's like your mom and you like, obviously, sir, we aren't sisters. This woman pushed me out of her. (laughs) Um, So do you think it was like that sort of situation? Or do you think it's like bringing to our attention, like maybe Riva was beautiful, is beautiful, as beautiful as the main character who is objectively attractive, but she just has like deeper self-loathing than the main character? Probably, because again, we're going through this whole thing and she's criticizing Riva for everything she does, but they're so unbelievably similar. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she wants to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, we're seeing Riva through the lens of her perspective. And so we're just seeing all the negative qualities, but she probably has a bunch of really lovely qualities and probably is a very beautiful woman. And we just don't get that acknowledgement from the main character. Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think that point, is that your air? Yeah. That's so soothing. My I house just, is like, just no- noisy. I just fall asleep to that. That's actually, <laughs> when I go to sleep, I just have like white noise, like shh. Oh, I like thunderstorms. Or then I fall asleep to the TV because- I can't do that. Dude, no, like I, I, the main character's going through all these things and I kept saying like, oh God, I do that too. I push away like my feelings by watching the same shows over and over again, which I think a lot of us do because yeah. I, I read something about like like comfort shows. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, no you know anxiety. There's no like anticipation. You know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why she keeps rewatching the same things over and over and over again. And I think that's why she does everything because she knows exactly how it's going to go and she doesn't want to face anything different. And that's why I think it it initially, I think freaks her out that she's having these blackouts and she wakes up and she's like, what did I do? Mm -hmm. But then she starts enjoying it. But initially it freaks her out because she does live so by the book every day, creature of habit. I know exactly what to expect. Yeah. Well, I think Anybody would probably be freaked out. Yeah. Waking up from a black up and black up. 
blackout and realizing that you had like gone out into the world and done things. Yeah. But I, yeah, I do, I do think that she, I mean, like you said, like she clearly has depression or she like, maybe it's PTSD or like, I don't know exactly what she has. I'm no Dr. Tuttle. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still baffled that she has a license. Maybe she doesn't. Well, no, she has to to prescribe things, but... She's such a fascinating character. Because, like, she got into an accident, so she's wearing, like, a thing. Yeah, there's always something wrong with her. A neck brace. Thank you. Yeah. But then she, like, one of the appointments, she's not wearing it. And then, like, the next appointment, she's wearing it again. Yeah, no, she's got a... It's that whole, like, therapists are crazier than their patients type deal. She's just fast. And then wasn't there, like, a time when, like, her heat broke or something? Like, she went into the... Or no, or maybe there's, like, stuff everywhere and she, like, couldn't sit down. I might be blending books now. There's, like, a time she went and she just had to, like, stand up the whole time. I don't remember that part. Oh, I could have made it up. That's totally impossible. (laughs) It probably happened. You read it more recently than I did. Um... I don't know what the original thing was. I'm talking Reba. about Reba. Yeah. She exists. And they're basically the same person. They're she just doesn't want to acknowledge it because she thinks same. she's so much better than her. That seems like it sums it up. I don't know if I was going anywhere else. With it. No, yeah, I think that's what it is. She thinks she's so much better than her, but they're exactly alike. Yeah. It's just one person is more vocal about craving the attention than the other. Yeah. And it is funny because Reva at one point is like, you're so naturally skinny. Like you don't have to do anything, but she straight up just doesn't not fair. Yeah. But like when she goes into her blackout, or I guess she wasn't, Reva wasn't around for her blackouts, but like when she, or for like her four month blackout. Yeah. Um, but like she was waking up and eating like maybe 500 calories and then she was blacking out again. And Reva was like, how are you doing this? She's like, so I'm not skinny. eating. <laughs> yeah, not fair. Oh, also, we didn't even talk about how Reva stole all her drugs. Oh, yeah. When when she woke up and she was like, Reva. I was like, Reva wouldn't do that. <laughs> Reva isn't that bold. But she was concerned about her friend. And so she's like, you've got a problem. I'm going to take all these. I and instead of, like, that. flushing them or anything, she just took them to her apartment. Yeah. And so, like, she's so obsessed with having these pills that she went and broke into her apartment and found them. And, and that's the farthest got... she wandered from her apartment for the entire year. Yeah. And then she got locked that. in the bathroom. Did she? Oh, yeah. Because, like, the... It wasn't, like, actual locked, but, like, the handle was Yeah. Like... Yeah. I forgot about that. So then she just decides to take a bunch of her drugs and fall asleep in the bathtub. And then like... Reva comes home and she's like, how dare you take yeah. my drugs? Like, the only time she shows any emotion. Yeah. Aside from... Telling Trevor that she's going to kill herself if he doesn't come over. I don't um, even know that that was emotional. She was just like, you better... That was manipulative, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she... But she was like genuinely upset she when knew her drugs exactly, were gone. exactly... Yeah, that was the only time she had any emotion. Yeah. But for Trevor, she knew exactly what to say to get him to come over because she's like, he likes when I'm like... Desperate or Sad something. and desperate and yeah. everything, so he can't resist that. Which, Trevor's gross, but... I... It is kind of surprising that she took the effort to go to Reva's apartment when she could probably easily have said, hey, Dr. Tuttle, yeah. I'm, I'm still on this work trip and the housekeeping t- 
took all my drugs or something. Like, she definitely had a way to, like, get more drugs. Yeah. But she was willing to go to Reva's apartment. Poor Somewhere babies. that she hadn't been for, like, years, yeah. she said. Yeah, she hadn't been there in forever. Yeah. And then she goes in and immediately starts criticizing, like, what a mess it is. But she did, because Reva was bulimic. Yeah. So she had, like, I don't remember exactly, but she had, like, discarded pizza boxes. And she she just had, like, a pile of food and I don't think like with the main character she her trash built up but that's because she was like oh my god I can't be awake long enough to take this to the trash chute yeah whereas Reva is like I'm gonna eat a million calories and then I'm gonna puke it all up yeah so there is like that distinction I guess but equally messy apartments for different different reasons yeah yeah which is funny because when Ping Shi was locking her in her apartment and he left like one piece of trash, she like got pissed about it and yeah. left him a note and was like, clean up after yourself. Well, I think for that, she was like, I don't want to know that you existed while I was blacked out. How Fair. dare you remind me that yeah. you, even though you're bringing me pizza. Other than and, what we agreed on. Yeah. That was, I do like how like in the note, he was like, sorry about that. Well, it won't happen again. Or like something like, oh yeah. God. <laughs> What's she going to do? Like, come on. <laughs> wake up yeah. that's such can you imagine though if somebody were like hey can you um just like every three days just make sure i'm fed but i'm i'm gonna need you to lock me in my apartment well that's why i think she specifically chose pink she because he's so extreme he's so extreme and there was something in it for him which right, was a right. potentially fascinating art project i would just be so stressed out like, I'm pretty sure that I'm a bad pet mom, and they're easy. Like, you just, you leave the food out. Yeah. You you take the dogs on walks, or even just let them outside. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a whole human person. Yeah, that you have to show up and take care of. And, like, potentially make sure they don't OD. Although, I think they had, like, a, a contract that she signed, like, if something happens to me, you're not responsible. Yeah. Isn't there a thing? Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't liable for anything. Such extreme characters in this book. Like, there's no normal... All right, so I discovered that on my phone there's also a time limit. Um, (laughs) But it's a different time limit. So we got cut off. But we're back. (laughs) Courtney reminded me that we were talking about the bodega people and bodega people. Yeah. And how... They're the most normal people in her life. Yeah. But it is strange, though, that they were willing... I guess because she was so repetitive, like, she was constantly coming back that they didn't yeah. really care. But I don't think I would trust a random person. No, especially one that's, like, completely zoned out. Well, I that's the thing. We don't know what she was like when she was in her blackouts. She might have been just, like, the most normal, like, bright, bubbly person on the planet. I wish... I wish we could see her. But yeah. I don't want to spoil it. We need a... Not a Reva perspective. Maybe, like, a Ping Shi perspective. Or just the bodega people. Yeah, <laughs> just whatever she's doing. Like, yeah, it's just how like is a normal she when she day, walks in? And then this white woman comes in yeah. and then just stirs up all sorts of trouble. Did you think that... Sorry, I'm just thinking of like random things in the book now. So there was like one point when she was in the bodega and she looks... There's like the cooler where the like ice creams and stuff were. And she was like... Um, she was like chipping through the yeah, ice. Yeah, it's like been get... there so long that she had to dig it out from the bottom. Yeah. Do you think that 
think that's like a metaphor for her like chipping away at her depression maybe because <laughs> that was another random thing too because then Riva like the next time she comes to visit oh it was like haagen or something right like it was pints of ice cream because there are, why do I have Klondike bar stuck in my head oh, but it might not have been that I just remember like Riva came to visit like after she had like chipped stuff out to get it free Riva the next time she came to visit she had something that was like frostbitten like it had come from the bodega from like the thing that she had chipped out so I wonder if that has any meaning or if that's just the thing that popped into my brain because I'm starting to remember the book again (laughs) (laughs) that's good we're out running and you're remembering that's good it feels fantastic I feel so good about myself (sighs) I don't have any more questions about the book. Do you have anything that, that you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? I'm trying to remember. So we're going through. We are going through it. Her. We're going through it. The hair. <laughs> floating. <laughs> Just a cat hair floating in the wind. Um, I thought that was the it that we were going through. <laughs> no, I'm going through it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So we covered... Her relationship with Trevor, which is just horrifying to me. And so Reva, which is probably the biggest relationship she has in the book. And then her parents. Although I guess we didn't really discuss, like, the fact that her dad seemed like a totally mentally healthy person. And then her mom was an alcoholic and yeah, and not just the best. let her be like that. And then he got cancer and died. And it almost feels like he just wanted to die. <laughs> To get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't remember them super well, the parents. Just aside from, like, the dad was, like, a professor. Mm -hmm. He seemed normal. And then the mom was... Was not at all. Yeah, she was was going... She was also going through it. Yeah. But she was handling it differently. Well, and and maybe that's just to show us that, like, um, mental health struggles can be essentially passed down like in families mm-hmm. and that that happens sometimes it is genetic and you're just prone to depression yeah and it's also like it could maybe speak to the fact that the main character doesn't know how to handle her emotions because all she was ever taught was either like her dad like avoid it avoid it or self-medicate yeah. Which is also avoidance is, as well. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's how she's coping with everything she's going through. She's avoiding it. That's all she knows. Medicating. Yeah. Yeah. So not only is like the depression probably potentially hereditary, genetic. Hereditary, that was the word I was looking for. Um, but also what she's learned, like the sociology, how she's learned to cope with it is just unhealthy. Yeah. Which is I mean, that's standard. We learn that from our parents. We learn how to behave from our parents. And so, yeah, there are those families that face everything head on. And then there are those families that just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. If we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Which she does. She doesn't talk about her actual feelings. Yeah. Because Even with their psychiatrist. She's yeah. like, I just need to sleep. Yeah. I'm not depressed. I don't have any of those I just can't sleep. silly things. Which is wild because she can sleep. Yeah. She sleeps all the time. She's like falling asleep at work. That's why she got fired is because she was just napping. 
the fact that she got caught napping and like she was continuing to nap and it took like months after that for her to actually get fired is wild. Was great. Like there had to have been something she was bringing to the table for apparently there... she was good at her job beforehand. Right, 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 right. And then she just started sleeping and then she wasn't doing her actual work and that's when her boss was like, "Yeah, no." Do you think there was something that triggered it cuz like her parents died her like when she was in college, I think her freshman or sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. And she was a few years out of college at this yeah. point. I think at one point she she said that her parents' death was like seven years before. The I'm still blaming time. Trevor for a lot. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that was like, and I, I feel like I've said this a million times. She was in such an abusive relationship with him that she didn't want to acknowledge. But I think him because they were actually dating, and then he left her, mm-hmm. and then he kept coming back and leaving her and everything like that. And I do think that that had a bigger impact on her than she wanted to admit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he, he he treated her like garbage. Yeah. I'm, so I don't know how things were... Like, we know that Trevor was consistently awful. Mm-hmm. We don't know if she was calling him, like, I'm going to kill myself if you don't do this. You don't. We don't know if she was doing that back then. No. I don't think she was. I think that was, like, a new thing. Although he did respond to it pretty... Like it easily, was like it was normal. Yeah. So maybe she had been doing that the whole time. But yeah, she was very like. He needs to be needed by me. Yeah. About it, so she just she played into exactly what he wanted. So you think just like the relationship itself was the the thing that sort of triggered her. Maybe decline. started the the demise. Because, I mean, everybody in her life, with the exception of Reva, has left her. Mm-hmm. Whether it was by death or by choice, everybody's left her, except for Reva, which is wild that that's the, like, the person who annoys her the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's been basically abandoned by everybody. She, parents died, Trevor left her, she was fired, like, just completely abandoned and yeah. left her own devices. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you think... No, that's getting... That's trying too hard. Um, Are we trying too hard? I was going to say, do you think that that started the decline or like she kept coming back to Trevor because Trevor somehow reminded her of her dad? But I feel like that's going to be too much of a stretch. Oh. Yeah. See, you're like, how can I bend to make this? Well, work? no, I mean, she clearly does have like daddy, daddy issues, issues and yeah. mommy issues. She's got both of them. She's got issues. Yeah. Issues for days. So many issues. It's like Vogue magazine. <laughs> 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 that one I didn't have to explain though, so that Mm-mm. was nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's too much. I mean, she does have issues, but I don't. The only thing that I could think is like. Like, her dad was very, uh, distant mm-hmm. and, um, uninvolved, I guess. And I guess Trevor sort of... Also distant and uninvolved. Yeah. But I, the sexual abuse, I don't think that would be... No. I hope... He was garbage. I hate him. But, I, like, I don't think her dad 
there's no indication that her dad was similar in that regard. No, I, I don't think she was sexually abused by her father. I think he was just that tuned would, out. That would take too much attention. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. We don't have to talk about more stuff. That's just all that I have planned. I like that they're both wearing baseball caps. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Courtney's roommate and and her friend. Her boyfriend? Oh! Yeah, that's the first time I've ever seen him. They just walked through the kitchen. It was really, I'm sure it was really awkward for them. It was really fun for me. I got to stare at him. Oh, hi, Luby. Your nose is so cold. Yeah, I think we covered most of it. Okay. I wish I had read it again. I should have read it again. You did say you were going to read it again. Yeah, but I didn't. I fully respect that. I wouldn't have read it again. It just seems like a lot of work to reread a book. Although there are some books I guess I've reread. I really like... We don't need to do this on the podcast. We can do this after the podcast. Um, I do have questions that I like to ask each guest. Um, This isn't going to be about the book. This is just about your preferences. Sexual preferences. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, What is your favorite book that you always recommend? Or if you can't think of a favorite, what's your top three? Favorite book that I always recommend. Um, So Amanda got me hooked on Secret History. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard her talk about. So she did get me hooked on that one. It was a great recommendation. Um, my favorite series, which admittedly I have not read in many, many years. Um, Fake fan. It's so long. It's a trilogy <laughs> of trilogies. Um, so there's nine of them. Yeah. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And there's only one character that's in all of them, but it's a series by Robin Hobb. And, um, the first is like the Farseer trilogy. And, um, then there's the live ship traders and then there's the Tawny man trilogy and it's a fantasy book. And, but I, I don't recommend reading one out of them because you have to read all nine of them, but they're all like so 800 to a thousand pages long. So each of them is that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took and me you a recommend this to people? I do recommend it to people. It's really good to be like some fantasy. sort of sadist. Yes. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It all depends on like what I've read recently. So more so lately I've been in into like thrillers and suspense and things like that. Because usually they're pretty quick and they keep me intrigued. Do you find that you have like different themes that you go through throughout the year? Maybe not throughout the year, but it does change annually. So I used to be, like, strictly fantasy. Mm -hmm. I would only read, like, fantasy because that's what I liked the most. Um, And then last year I went through, like, a romance phase. Oh. I do like romances. They're so so quick. Yeah, and they're easy to read, and I'm a fan of smut, so. And then this year I've been on the, the thrillers. Interesting. But I still, I, I do like going back to, like, the fantasy. So my, I think my favorite book that I've read this year um, is Lee Bardugo. It came out. It's called Hellbent, and it was the second in that. the series. The The first one was called Ninth House. Okay. And so I read Ninth House last year, and then so, and it was really good. So when Hellbent came out this year, I immediately read that one. So that's probably my favorite thing that I've read this year, which I know wasn't your question, but that is my answer. Thank you. To your (laughs) non-question.
So no, I don't have like a book that I just recommend to people. I always recommend Midnight Circus. Oh, it's so good. That's so good. That's like one of maybe five, five to 10 books that I'll reread regularly. Yeah. I love Midnight Circus. Oh, is it? Yeah. I love it so much that I don't know the name of it. <laughs> Which, did you read her other book, um, The the Starless Sea? I own it. It's in, it's in my right side of my bookcase that is my reading yeah. cue. Have I sent you guys a picture of my bookcase? No. So the left side, it's all the books that I've read that I own. And then the right side is all of the ones I own that are to be read. And it's oh. like... Packed my in. TBR is in there on the piano and on a different shelf. So yeah, I get it. But it's like there are more books to be read. Of course, it's stressful. Okay, favorite author or top three favorite authors? Oh my god, this is so hard. I probably should send these questions ahead of time so you have time to think about them. But Maybe. it's also fun to ask in the moment. Um, pressure. Do 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 do. Oh boy. Pressure. <laughs> That's me um, pushing up my answer to this and being stupid. Um, I love that for you. Favorite author? Well, I actually do really like Erin Morgenstern since we're going to talk about the Night Circus. Um, Which is not the Midnight Circus. <laughs> it's okay. But I just love her, her visualizations and like I, I like a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and like world building and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, so like Tolkien, great at the world building. Uh, Robin Hobb, who I mentioned before with that gigant. But that's what you have to do with a, a series like that is you have to build a world. So she's wonderful. Um, and then like I like Aaron Morgenstern's just visualizations of everything. Like it's very detailed. Like mm-hmm. you can smell what she's talking about. You can see what she's talking about. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. They were supposed to be making, not to go back to the Night Circus, but we're going back. Um, they were supposed to make a movie out of it. Just, I don't want them to. But I think it would be so cool just but, to, like, if she were to able, if she were able to collaborate, like, to see her vision. If you could capture everything that she's talking about, sure. But it's, like, one of those things, so, and this, I'm not absolutely not dissing the Harry Potter movies in any way, shape, or form. Sounds like you're about to. But it's, you have an expectation in your head, and Mm. it's not exactly what you want. Sometimes it's a little disappointing, especially when you're in, like, fantasy, and it's things that don't exist already. Mm -hmm. And so you have this beautiful vision in your head, and I'm just... It, if they did it exactly right and it was beautifully done, sure. But I'm afraid I would be disappointed. Are you saying that Harry Potter is fantasy? I thought it was nonfiction. <laughs> My bad, yeah. It's completely real based on a true story. <sighs> it's a good time. Okay. <clears throat> What's your favorite book format? So, like, paperback, hardback, audiobook? Um, I like paperbacks. Um, but I do listen to a lot of audiobooks because I'm a commuter. And then I also, I, I think I've told you guys this before, but I typically have three books going mm-hmm. at once. I've yeah. got one on my Kindle, one physical book, and one audiobook. So I can go back and forth. I can listen to the audiobook while I walk or drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I can read my Kindle when things are slow at work. Yes. 
Shh, don't tell anybody. I'm t- um, and, Nobody's going to hear yeah. this podcast. Don't <laughs> even <know more. laughs> And then my physical book when I'm like home. Yeah. I, uh, I'm reading five or six books at the moment. Wow. So the issue is that I'm reading two nonfiction books and I hate nonfiction. So right. It takes me so long to read. So whenever I feel like I can't do it anymore, I have to switch to a fiction book. But then on my Kindle, uh, I'm renting a digital format book from the library. So I'm reading one of those. And then I'm also reading a book that I own on my Kindle. So it's, it's, it's dumb. This isn't about me. I'm sorry. I keep taking over your no, questions. You're fine because my cat's being really cute in she the plants. Feel cute. So I just wanted to take a picture of her. I love her mouth right now. She looks like, oh my god, why? So are unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I I hate nonfiction too. Yeah, I do. I did. I just can't do it. The thing is that, like, most of the time, I enjoy the nonfiction topics. Like, I find them interesting. But I think the issue is that when I'm reading nonfiction, I know that my brain needs to pay attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with fiction, I can, like, step out of my brain and step back in. And for the most part, like, yeah. I still know where I am. Unless, um, unless something, like, again, with fantasy books, there's, like, a whole bunch of different, like, things. And I have to go back and be like, wait, 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 what was that? Yeah, there are times when yeah. I have to, like, backtrack. But for the most part, I can be like, well... Th- that probably was an important chapter. Another paragraph book that I really enjoyed this year um, that I'd heard a lot of good things about, and it's Before the Coffee Gets Cold. I haven't heard of that. And that was one where I had to keep going back and, like, repaying attention. But it's um, – I actually think that you would like it. Um, it's, very, it's very cozy, but it's about oh. this cafe in um, Japan, and people can go in, and they can actually go to the past. <gasps> but there are stipulations. Oh, no. So they, the person that you want to visit has to have been to the cafe before, been in there. Okay. You have to stay in the same seat. You can't get out of the seat or else it'll, like, if you stand up, it jolts you back to um, the present. Um, nothing you do can change the present. And um, you have to wait for the ghost that sits in the seat to get up and go to the bathroom once a day. And that's when you can get in the seat to actually... Um, go back to the past and then they pour you the magic coffee and you have to return to the present or you have to finish the cup of coffee before it gets cold. And if not, then you become the ghost that sits there. (gasps) But yeah. And it's just like, that sounds so cool. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's like a little, it's somewhat sad at times, but, um, yeah, it's just, being able to go back to a moment and say the things that you wish you'd said. Yeah. That sounds really cool. What a cool idea. Yeah. And she's got like, I guess three more in the series, but yeah. So that was lovely. I, I really enjoyed that. And I will listen to the other ones because I had that on audiobook. Heck yeah. I'm going to try. I'll add that to the bookcase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite bookstore? Uh, I don't go in bookstores because... I will spend too much money. So I get most of my books on the internet. But I will always recommend Riverbee downtown. Downtown Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. Riverbee is nice. Yeah. I hadn't been in there in a while. I went 
in there a couple of months ago and I didn't realize that they're upstairs. They have like a little reading nook so you can like go and you can just hang out. Cute. Yeah, super cute. Okay, uh, that's my phone password for you. Uh, where do you usually do your reading? Oh, in the car when I'm walking, that's my audiobooks. My Kindle is usually at work or like yesterday I was stuck in the car with Tyler and so <laughs> I'm I was, sorry that happened <laughs> we had to go buy a chainsaw um and it was like an hour away so I was like great I got a book right here that's fantastic and then usually if I'm home I'll either be in the garage on the couch or in my bed just cozy just cozy I love it and your socials if you want people to follow you on social media where can they find you uh I have a really creative Instagram handle. It's cmfox1187. That is really good. I know. I came up with it myself. Amanda and I, we were talking about her socials, and um, she was telling Donna Tart to follow her. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, what's your social handle in case people want to follow her? And she was like, um, it's Amanda L. Simmons. And she was... She was, like, ashamed because if Donna Tart did ever want to follow her, like, she would be, like, so disappointed in how uncreative her handle Aww. was. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. That's cute. And then you're like, it's really uncreative. I just think, I, I love I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sorry that we had technical difficulties. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry that everything's noisy in my house all the time. I love your house. Your house is awesome. Well... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Courtney for being on the Book Bestie podcast. For our next episode, Katie Legg, who's finally coming on the show, will be on to discuss City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. See you on the flip side, besties.